We should rename the topic to be how to find an Aaron Dowd how that f- will help you reach your goals. How to find an Aaron Dowd. <laughs> That's going to be the next episode. <laughs> Hey, Rachel. Hey, Ben. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm glad to be back. Um, this episode, I, I need to say this. I guess, I guess I'm going to say this now. I need to remember to say this earlier in the future, but this episode is going out um, after a sabbatical week. And if you don't know what a sabbatical week is, uh, it's this really cool thing. I'm going to ask somebody in the chat to link to the Sean West episode that talks about, or or TV episode that talks about small-scale sabbaticals. But basically, every seventh week, the Sean West Network takes the week off. Mm -hmm. And it's just a way for the the Sean West team, the, the employees of Sean West to to have some time to recharge, focus on some other things, still maybe be productive, but at, but at things that they don't normally do so that during the other six weeks, they can be really hyper-focused. And this is going to be at seanwest.tv slash 74. seanwest.tv slash 74 is where you can learn directly from Sean about small-scale sabbaticals. You should check that out. So... Anyways, uh, and I'm going to try to remember uh, the next time we have an episode that goes out before a sabbatical week to mention that. So don't let me forget. Yeah. All right. Today, we are talking about saying no to things that don't serve your goals. Now, at the beginning of the year, we always set goals for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we set goals instead of resolutions um, I really like that because uh, I, I feel like it's been our experience that we don't give up on goals the same way that we do resolutions, mm-hmm. where it's like when you break a resolution, it it feels like there's some finality, like you've closed the loop on on that pursuit. And now it's like, well, I I broke the resolution, so I guess I'm done with that. Yeah. Whereas a goal really is something that you continue striving toward and some days you succeed some days you fail, but you keep moving forward toward it. And so I really, I really like to think of things that way. Many people have adopted this idea and, and are setting goals for themselves regularly. Now we're a little bit, uh, we're, we're almost a full month into the new year. And you might be experiencing some of the resistance that comes from your normal habits and routines, some old stuff that you tried to let go of, trying to creep back in. You might be feeling like it's getting a little bit more difficult to keep your, uh, to keep your goal in focus and to continue um, not just doing the activities that help you work toward that goal, but saying no to the things that aren't really helping you get there. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I was I was curious to know if you've experienced that resistance yet this year. Say the resistance again. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. The the resistance of 
pursuing your goals, you know, you start the year strong and then oh, yeah. you get you get a little bit into it and and some of those habits and routines start kind of pulling on you. Um no, I mean, I feel like I'm I'm a pretty focused person. I mean, we did have almost a crisis this week that kind of like threw me for a loop, but other than that, I think I mean, my computer hard drive almost died with all of my work on it. Yeah, I can see how that would create a little bit of resistance. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, even even in that, like I I sat down at the computer and wrote on what I could, you know, I ended the day with like 15,000 words, even though I had no hard drive, you know? So, yeah. um, so I don't know. I, I don't, I don't feel like I've felt any of that yet. Yet. Yeah. I'll go, I'll go ahead and just bring that in real quick because I don't know if we had a chance. Well, it, it happened this week. Yeah. Tuesday. So mm-hmm. this is, this is a good piece of follow-up because it was pretty dramatic. I was working in the morning. It was Tuesday. And I got a I got a text from you saying, Ben, I need you to come downstairs. I thought maybe something had happened with one of the kids or something. And so I went down there and you had your laptop open and on the screen was a flashing folder with a question mark. Yeah. And everything else was gray. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'd, I'd never seen that before, but I was pretty sure that that's not the sort of thing you want to see on your computer screen. Nope. So I started to do some research and... What had happened was you were doing a video workout on your laptop, mm-hmm. and I, trying I tr- trying to trying to pursue your goal, yeah. you know, trying to to tie it in. You're 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 doing things toward your goals, and then what and because happened? I'm incredibly graceful, I tripped over the laptop cord, <laughs> yeah, and caused the computer to crash to the ground. And and normally, you know, these things are magnetic. They normally would just detach but somehow you got it at the right angle yeah and it just and it fell to the floor Um, thankfully it fell on carpet i think it would have done a lot more damage had it not been carpet so yeah yeah what was terrible about this uh, a lesson that we really really needed to learn and act upon um you didn't have anything backed up no. Um, we didn't have a, a cloud backup. We didn't have it backed up on an external hard drive. So there was, um, there was the potential that we had lost everything that you'd worked on for the past several years. Yeah, like millions, millions and millions of words. Yeah. And when, when Rachel says millions and millions of words, she's not exaggerating. We, mm-hmm. did, we did the math the other day. And if you're, you're writing, you said 40,000 words a, a week mm-hmm. on average. Yeah. So for, for a couple of years, I mean, that's, that's millions, plural. And, and so it was, it was really nerve-wracking and scary. And, and, I, and I followed some steps uh, from the research that I had done. And some things were working the way that I expected them to, and some things weren't. Ultimately, um, I was able to detach the bottom and, um, and check the hard drive make sure that it, it looked like it just had a loose attachment. And so mm-hmm. I reattached it. Um, I backed everything up yeah. right away. And then I was able to get the computer to boot up from the original hard drive. And it's been functioning normally ever since. Yeah, yeah. But so happy, now, happy ending. now we have a backup. Yeah. And I'm getting uh, Backblaze, a service that, uh, that backs up your data on the cloud. Yeah. So backups of backups. I mean, we're yeah. doing, we're backing up everything. Please 
you guys who are listening, please back up your important data. Mm-hmm. Data? It's whatever. Back it up. Back it up. Yep. It's it, it's not it's not worth it to save 10 or 15 bucks a month and and not do it. It's not worth it to save, you know, an hour or two of your time to get everything set up to, to not do it. Mm-hmm. It's not worth it. Yeah. Um, back it up. I can tell you from the emotional trauma that I experienced, <laughs> just from the worry that I would not be able to get those manuscripts that existed nowhere else. It's worth it. Yeah. All right. One of the places that's most obvious for me, I set some fitness goals. Mm-hmm. And I actually, I employed a lot of the stuff that we're going to talk about today. So it's been, it's been super helpful. But what I'm noticing is at the beginning of the year, I think you had, you had made some brownies for Christmas or something. What was that for? Um, it doesn't matter. I don't remember. The, the point is there were brownies around. <laughs> and we all know what happens in the Tolson home when there's a pan of brownies. Ben eats like half of them. Mm-hmm. And because Rachel makes the most delicious brownies in the world. And I was, I, I looked at, I, I, I was so focused on my goal. You know, I was just strong out of the gate and I was like, yeah, man, I'm not gonna, I don't even, I don't even want those brownies. I don't even care about brownies. I'd walk past that pan every single day and they're all just sitting there. Like <laughs> they're hard, they're barely getting eaten. They're lasting way longer than they would ever last. Because you're not eating them. Because I'm not eating them. <laughs> and I didn't, even, I, I didn't even want them. I was like, I don't even like brownies. <laughs> I looked at the pan and I was like, I don't even like you. But, but that's starting to wear off. Admittedly, that, that enthusiasm is starting to wear off. Because my normal habits and routines lead me to eat brownies, to eat sweets when they're around. So you went to a book club meeting last night Mm -hmm. and you came home with this cake that I had bought from the store, this nice triple decker layer chocolate. Yeah. I didn't have time to make anything. Normally I would, but. And you came home with half of that and that was sitting on the counter. I didn't eat any of it, but when I went downstairs this morning, as I walked, as I walked past it, the first thing, the first thought that popped into my mind was cake for breakfast would be awesome. (laughs) Uh, it's terrible but i didn't i didn't have it so that's so that's your resistance but i feel that pull right Mm -hmm. um now there's some things that are very obviously in conflict with our goals and it's and it's easy to identify what those things are some things are not quite so obvious and and so we're going to talk about those two things. I, I first want to start with the things that are obvious but are difficult to give up. You know, for as enthusiastic as I was with my fitness goals, I didn't put quite as many supports in place for some other things. And I do have some habits that are difficult to give up. And even now with the fitness stuff, you know, this the stuff that's trying to pull me back in, it's it's a little bit difficult. You know, I feel I feel the difficulty of that. Mm-hmm. We and, can do hard things. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great point. I, I didn't make that point, but I think mindset is a really important thing here. You've got to believe 
despite what maybe your past behavior has taught you, you've got to believe that you have the ability to resist things that don't serve your goals. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think that mindset is really important. That's a great place to start. Yeah. You've got to believe that about yourself. Get around, peop- get around other people who believe that about you as well. I don't know if you're going to get into this, but I, I kind of have a hard time when people ask me to help out. Yeah. And, um, you know, like their friends or something. I've had a few friends like send me their blog links and be like, hey, will you check this out and tell me what you think? And I'm like, I don't really have the time to do that, but you're my friend and I feel bad. And so, okay, I'll do it, you know? And I don't know how that plays into, but like, that's not one of my, one of my goals is not to be a blog critique person, you know? Right. Well, and, and you know what, we're actually, I got a great question from Corey Miller in the chat earlier Mm -hmm. today that, that is very similar to the question you just asked. So, um, I'd like to, to devote some time to that later on in the episode. Yeah. We're going to get into, um, what about, what about the things that you do for others that don't necessarily serve your goals? Should you leave margin for those things? Is it okay not to leave margin for those things? Yeah. You know, so we're, we're going to get into that conversation. Okay. So one of, the, one of the most important things that you can do when you set a goal, you've identified something that you are going to say no to. If that's a part of, if saying no, for example, to watching Netflix right before you go to bed, that's that's probably become a part of your routine. It's like, oh, that's just a thing I do. You have to establish a new routine. You can't just remove an activity, but you've got to replace it with something else. And that's something that I, for a long time, I didn't, I didn't realize the power of that. Mm-hmm. Now I would just, I would just say, I'm going to say no to doing that. And so for me, it would look like I would, I would get in bed, my iPad is, or my iPhone is sitting there, and I'm like, well, I'm kind of bored now. I'm not sleepy yet. Mm-hmm. And without something else to do, I'm more likely to go back to what's familiar. Uh, so, for example, if my goal is to get better rest, then what can I do in place of that thing that I'm saying no to that's going to serve that goal? Reading a book is great. Mm-hmm. Now, for me, I've got to read fiction. If I read nonfiction, it gets my brain going and yeah, but, but having the glow of the lamp against those pages and, um, and, and getting into another world really helps me to, to fall asleep and get better rest. Mm -hmm. And so I had to, I had to define what is it, what is it that I'm going to replace this activity with? Another thing you can do is keep your goal visible. There are a number of ways you can do that. If, if it's something that you can just write down on a stick-it note and put it in your bathroom, put it, in, put it in all of the places where you normally spend your time so that you're constantly reminded of your goal. Especially put it in the places where you have a tendency to go back to old habits that don't serve your goal. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm really old school and everything. And so I, I actually keep a binder full of, I mean, it's got all kinds of stuff like ideas and, but it has my to-do list and it has my goals right there next to my to-do list for each week. And 
periodically throughout the week, I'll just go and look at those goals and make sure that what I'm doing is actually serving those goals. Because I feel like the times that we have made our goals and the goals got put away in like, you know, a folder that we never opened, Mm -hmm. um, we get to the end of the year and we start evaluating and we're like, oh my gosh, we totally did not do any of those, you know? Yeah. You just, you, you forget. So I feel like checking in periodically to make sure that what, what we're still doing is serving, you know, the goal that we set for ourselves. And obviously sometimes those goals are going to grow and change because we can't plan for everything. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, I guess it, it just helps to have that framework there so that we can then decide, is this something that's, you know, going to serve what I feel like I'm called to do in this area? Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to talk a little bit about visualization, and I haven't made this a regular practice. I'm not very good at visual visualization. I'm such You're not a very pes- good at saying. It <laughs> I know either. I'm such a pessimistic person. Like, <laughs> I have a really hard time with it. You start to visualize your goal, and then it <laughs> it turns into like you didn't make it, and everything fell apart. It's it's not just that. It's like you know, you're supposed to visualize like people coming to you and people getting, you know, like on your email list or on your social media channels or whatever. And I'm always like, well, why would they? <laughs> yeah. It's well, okay. Sad. So, so I'm, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to give some tips in service of keeping your goals visible. So one of the, one of the ways that I can do that for myself is doing the stick it note thing that I mentioned, you know, putting actually a physical version of your, in your handwriting of the goal that you want to accomplish in Mm -hmm. places where you're going to see it often. Um, we, we put all of our goals into a Google document. It's online and I can pull it up anytime I want to, Mm -hmm. but if it just stays there and I, and I never make a point to go look at those things, then I, it's more likely that I'll forget about them what I think can be really powerful is if you actually schedule time, maybe even every day for about five minutes at the beginning of your day where you revisit your goals and take the time to visualize what it looks like on the other side of having, having achieved the goal. Mm-hmm. So that's part of it. The other part that I think is really important is, is to also visualize yourself doing the things that lead up to reaching your goal. And so uh, a lot of times it, it can be easy for people to imagine and kind of daydream about what it looks like accomplishing their goals, but they have a harder time seeing themselves actually do the work of getting there. See, I think that's where I'm different though. Like I have, I have a hard time visualizing, um, I guess the end product, but I know exactly what I need to do to get there. And I know that I will work. I will do all the work necessary to get there. But at a certain point, it's like, you know, if you're visualizing so many people visiting your website every month or whatever, like at a certain point, that's kind of out of your hands, as long as you've done all the work you can, you know? And so that's where I have trouble. I have trouble like, I guess, visualizing that that will actually happen after I've done all that I can do. I think that the optimism can be powerful when it comes to, uh, and, and this, is, this is kind of me thinking out loud. It's a little bit of my theory, but 
when you are pessimistic or when you can't visualize or you have kind of a negative outlook on the results of your work, I think that somehow, maybe even on a subconscious level, creeps into your work. And if there's even a possibility that that vibe, you know, me, me putting out that vibe could influence the way people interact with my goals, if, you're, if your goal is based in trying to grow an audience or that kind of thing, not all, not all goals point in that direction. Mm-hmm. But, but I feel like that's worth fighting against. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being pessimistic or, or generally being more cautious. And some of that has to do with, you know, not wanting to be emotionally tied to the outgo- outcome, mm-hmm. but, tr- but also trying to protect yourself against um, having too high of expectations and then your, your hopes and expectations being dashed. But, but I think that that's worth fighting against if it could potentially influence how successful that will be, whether you do the work or not. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, again, thinking out loud. Yeah. When it comes to saying no to things, what often happens uh, is that we, we, see, we see the opportunity to do something that is not in service of our goals. And we think of the discomfort we'll feel by not doing that. I, I feel uncomfortable having not eaten cake this morning. <laughs> no, it, in the moment, in the moment I thought that would be wonderful. And I visualized myself immediately I visualized myself sitting down with that cake and a glass of milk and I've got my phone up and you know I'm like scrolling through the Sean West chat backlog and seeing all of the valuable stuff there and I'm you know with one hand doing that one hand eating the cake I had this (laughs) wow I had this vivid mental picture of how wonderful that would be (laughs) and what I needed to do was I needed to say okay i I know what that looks like. Now I'm going to fast forward the clock on that timeline. And I'm going to, I'm going to see that through all the way to the end. If I continue making that choice, what's the result? And it's not difficult because I've been in a place where, um, recently where I've been overweight and dealing with the issues that come with that. And so I, I think about that. I visualize that lack of energy, the, the feeling, the, soreness and uh just not feeling as sharp and focused on my on the things that i'm trying to accomplish and i'm like well okay as wonderful as that might be i definitely don't want that and so then i visualize my goal and as uncomfortable as those steps in between might be i really like the version of myself that has more energy is healthier is stronger is able to accomplish more because um because my my body has been taken care of Mm -hmm. so the visualization thing is great for helping motivate you toward your goals but it's I, i think it's very important when it comes to those moments when you need to make a decision to say no okay and and uh as aaron pointed out here in the chat i did think about having to tell Aaron Dowd that I ate cake. That would be awful. Aaron Dowd is my accountability partner. By the way, um, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and 
share this just because I want other people on the journey with me. But if you go to bentolson.com slash health and wellness, I have a page there set up where I'm tracking my health and fitness goals between now and October. October is my target date. And I'm also blogging about my journey. I've got a little video there kind of explaining why I'm doing this. And, and I also... Oh, who took the video for you? Rachel did. <laughs> Good job, Rachel. I was inspired by Aaron Dowd, who uh, has the Podcast Dude uh, podcast. The Podcast podcast. The Podcast mm-hmm. Dude podcast. And, and he, he did a similar thing. He put up a page and just to get some public accountability. And, and I, I thought that was really neat. I also reached out to him and asked him to be my accountability partner. I want to bring this into saying no to things that don't serve your goals. Get accountability. If you, if you find it difficult to say no to something and you feel like you don't have the self-discipline it takes to say no to that consistently, get an accountability partner, somebody that you can talk to one-on-one. That's, uh, that's your first line of defense. And then also establish some public accountability. You can do this on Facebook. You can get up in front of your church on a Sunday morning and make an announcement. Be, you know, be creative, but, but find a way to make your goal public so that you so that you have more accountability the more accountability you have the more support you have around your goal the easier it's going to be to say no to things that aren't serving your goals even even to the smallest degree i find that's very helpful and in my case it's it has been very instrumental in me staying on track and sometimes that has to be someone other than your spouse because it can seem kind of like nagging, I guess, whenever they hold, you hold each other accountable. I guess more so for women than for men. I don't, I don't feel like you're nagging when you ask me about things, but I think uh, maybe you're a little more um, sensitive to that kind of thing. Or maybe I'm just more uh, like, I just, I stay on you more. Yeah. That, and that might be what you need. Well, you don't, you you don't want to be in a situation where you you feel so afraid of disappointing the person that you are willing to hide things or or you just you know you feel you feel like you can't talk openly about the struggles that you're having or whatever so you you've got to be you've got to be really careful um not to let that conflict come in a, a conflict of interest come into play mhm and the best way to do that is really to do it with somebody who, who's going to be your friend or love you or care about you, whether you fail or succeed, and who understands that staying on track with your goals is not about being 100% perfect. It's about recognizing that when you do slip up and you do make mistakes, you continue working toward your goal. You don't give up. And that's, that's the first and and most important reason your accountability partner is there. And then second, it, it is a good motivator not to, to think, oh, if I do mess up, I'm going to have to tell them and they're going to, you know, they're going to say something and that's going to be uncomfortable. Yeah, it's true. And I, I did mention, you know, if you lack self-discipline in some areas, but this is also 
Sean, on the Sean West podcast, Sean and I have talked about accountability and, and, and having the ability to say no to things and having self-control. And, and we talked about kind of this three strand approach where the first strand is your accountability partner. The second strand is public accountability, but the third strand is your own personal self-discipline, your ability to go against what you want to do in the moment to, to seek instant gratification versus the long-term rewards that you really are working for. And mm-hmm. so building, building self-discipline comes in many different ways. One of the ways is actually through meditation because you have to sit and, and really force yourself not to think about things and to, and to try to focus on your breathing and, and to put thoughts out of your mind. And it's surprisingly difficult to do that when you, when you first start out. Mm-hmm. But it's amazing how it strengthens that self-discipline muscle. Also, putting yourself in situations where, though it may be a little bit difficult to say no, it's easier. So the, the brownie thing was kind of, I, I used it as a little bit of a game at some point. I've, I felt strong enough to do this, where I would look at the brownies and... And I would think about how delicious they are and how much I would enjoy a brownie. And then I would, I would purposefully make myself think about the goal that I wanted to achieve. And, and so that was kind of my way of exercising my self-discipline. Aaron Dowd, I had a conversation with him and he, he said that he had ordered a hamburger somewhere and it came with fries and he had forgotten about that and he didn't eat the fries. Nice. That's that's exercising your self-discipline. Good yeah. job, Aaron. And I told him, you know, next time you should just like go out and order a plate of fries just so that you can sit down and, and stare at them for 10 minutes and then throw them away. Yeah. Like strong self-discipline. <laughs> and then finally with with things that are obvious but difficult to give up, sometimes you need to ease into change especially if you have many different things. Um, fitness goals can be that way. You know, fitness goals can, can be multifaceted. It can be saying no to staying up late, saying no to certain types of foods, saying no to certain types of beverages, saying no to certain types of activities. And sometimes it's not, it's actually, uh, it actually works against us to try to say no to things and quit everything cold turkey. Oh yeah. Got to ease into it. And, and this goes back to the goal versus resolution idea. Your, your goal is to get to a, a, a certain point and there is, there is a journey, you know, to getting there. And part of, part of your goal includes all of those activities that you'd like to be doing and saying, no to all of the things you don't want to do anymore, but sometimes it takes time for you to get there. Sometimes it's easier just to focus on giving up one thing at a time. That's, that's more sustainable than trying to give up everything at once. So how would you take this into something that's not like health and fitness related, but more like a job kind of thing? Yeah. So, so if your goal is to, grow your business to grow an audience or to get more clients you you have to deconstruct that obviously 
but finding finding the things that are that are obvious but difficult to get give up um, can be similar things. You know, not getting enough sleep makes it difficult for you to be as productive as you should be. Playing on social media can be a difficult thing to give up if you have a habit of going to that when you when you feel resistance or you are waiting for something. You mm-hmm. know, so those are some obvious things. And and again, you know, I go I go back to if it's if playing on social media is such a difficult thing for you to give up that you can't do it without accountability. It may seem silly, but you know, get an accountability partner to help you stay off of social media. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, put some other put some other things in place to help you say no to that. You might delete it from your bookmarks tab so you don't see it up in the browser window every time you feel distracted you can even i i believe you can even go in and disable certain pages in certain browsers so so make it to where like you're you're not allowed to get into Facebook or Twitter mm-hmm. unless you go in and physically disable it which takes too much time so why would you yeah so all of all of those little things aren't going to 100% prevent you from doing those things that you want to say no to but as many supports as you can give yourself, mm-hmm. you, you should. Yeah. If you if you truly want to see yourself be successful in accomplishing your goal, then take advantage of the supports that you can. I wanted to talk about some things that are not so obvious. And a lot of times this comes up when we don't necessarily know all of the steps to reaching our goal, or it could be when our goal shifts or changes and we haven't really given much thought to that. I'm trying to think of a good example here. So for growing an audience, you, you may have this general idea for your brand that you want to grow an audience. And so uh, part of what you're doing is you're doing some content marketing. You're putting out videos and you're doing a blog Um, You've got a newsletter and you're working on a lead magnet. So all of those things can serve that goal. And so when you, the the way that I see it going is you, you had this goal, you think, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to grow my subscribers to a certain number this year. Mm -hmm. And, and you set that goal out there. And then you thought of all of the things that you could do to reach that but maybe you didn't put them in order. And so you've got all of these things going on. And the reason it's not so obvious is because it's easy to feel like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm making progress toward my goal because this is something that can serve my goal. But really what you're doing is you're splitting your focus between a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And, and so in that scenario, what might actually make the most sense for you right now is to stop doing the video stuff, stop doing the blog, focus on finishing your lead magnet so that you have that done and it's ready to go. Maybe keep one channel open where you're communicating with people and letting them know that you have something available, but don't try to do all of those things. I'm not going to give any of my stuff up, Ben. I know you don't want to. It's difficult to see when you're right in the middle of it. You need to be able to zoom out You need to look at an overview of everything. 
And you should probably do that with somebody who can look at that with you objectively. You know, bring, bring a friend in who has some experience in your field or with, with that kind of thing and, and let them look at all of those things with you. Developing your zooming muscle is one of the best things that you can do for your goal because the ability to zoom in and really focus and make progress toward your goal is great. But the ability to zoom out and make sure that you're still on the right track, that all of the activities you're doing right now are still vital, being able to zoom out is really important. And, and you've got to be flexible with that. You know, there, I, I think it's a good idea to have a routine, a schedule by which you zoom out, you know, say every other week, you have a time set aside where you zoom out and you look at everything. Mm-hmm. But, but often you're going to need to be able to do that on the fly. So it's good to, it's good to develop that zooming muscle. And I think it's good to have somebody to do that as a partner with you too. I, I feel like you and I work really well together when we're looking at each other's things Yeah, to kind of analyze, okay, well, here's what I see and here's maybe what you should try. And, you know, it's difficult when you're too close to the mm-hmm. project. Yeah. Um, especially s- sometimes you get into doing things for your goal. For example, the, uh, the video stuff, sometimes you get into things and you seem to be getting a really good response to that. Yeah. And, and so then it's, it's harder to give up because, oh, well there's, there's activity here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so it really does help to have a second set of eyes just looking at everything objectively. Also, there's so much, um, I guess, contrasting advice, I feel like. I've been studying marketing for like a year and a half now. And it's just like you kind of just have to do what feels right for you is what I've <laughs> come to, you know, like, I, I, I don't know. In the absence of personal experience, I agree with that. Although I think that over time, trying different things out, going with your gut, mm-hmm. based on based on some uh, research and what you've seen work for other people, um, you know, you you put all of that into the mix. But hopefully, you also gain some experience and you start to see some patterns and you start to understand it a little bit more, so that so that it's easier for you to be objective when it comes to the things that you're doing toward your goals. And, and a lot of times I I think, I think there are a lot of people in this situation where they're simply doing too many different things. Mm -hmm. And, and it's not that those things won't have a time and place along the journey toward the goal, but it may not be the season for that thing right now. I'm not. And when I say this stuff, I'm not talking about you specifically. Oh, I know. But I'm, but it may not be the time for you to have a video channel for your for your platform. It may not be the time for you to I was going to try to bring health and fitness back into this again. Yeah, it's always the time for that, but <laughs> yeah. But it may it may not be the time for you to focus on something right now that you can focus on later because what you need to be focusing on now is going to set you up to do that other thing in a, in a way that's going to be more impactful. Yeah. More efficient. And more efficient, right? So when you zoom out, you should define the thing that you need to do next. What's what's the next thing you should be doing? 
and it could be it could also be things but the more you can the more you can focus the easier it's going to be to make progress toward your goal and it could be that the thing that you need to focus on right now doesn't seem to have anything to do with your goal if you have a goal of starting your own business um, but you don't have the money set aside to to be able to do the things that you need and, and spend the time to really build it the right way, the, the thing that might serve your goal best right now is saying no to doing anything related to your business and just working your day job and saving up money. Hmm. That's hard to hear. It is hard to hear, but, but think about this. And, and this, is, this is just kind of a mental exercise you can put yourself through. Think about think about how much money you you can save per month, um, and and I know it looks differently for everybody. Some people work a full time job and they have to do something on the side to pay their bills, but whatever whatever version of that covers your bills and still leaves a little bit left over, and then nothing more. Think about what it's going to look like six months from now, mm-hmm. saving up all of that and not trying to build your business while you're still worrying about your job and worrying about um, your family and all of this other stuff. What is it going to look like 12 months from now? You know, think, think about whatever that launching point would be and how much more equipped you'll feel. Think about the time that you could spend between uh, now and six months learning about your business. Now and 12 months learning about your business, having conversations with people who are in that industry. I know six months, a year, Feels like it's a long time. Feels like it's a long time to wait. You feel like you might be missing your opportunity. But if it's really something you're passionate about, if it's really a goal that you have that you really want to see done well, it might mean restraining yourself and and just waiting and saying no to getting your business cards made and getting your website set up and doing all of these things prematurely. So another thing we can do for for our goals is to set regular checkpoints. And we kind of talked about that like going back periodically. Yeah. It's sort of the same thing. This is it, it's sort of the same thing. There's um there's checking in with your accountability partners regularly. There's checking with um if you're doing this in the context of your of your family, I think your family can be maybe a fourth cord. Yeah, you know, you've got your accountability partner, your public accountability, your own self-discipline. And then, you know, there's always your family, the people who are in the boat with you, whose, uh, whose lives are affected by the decisions that you make. You know, if you, if you set out on a goal uh, to, to accomplish a goal, whether you like it or not, that's going to affect the people who are in the boat with you. So checking in with them is good too. Mm-hmm. Um, zooming out regularly and just reevaluating everything. This is a practice that I think can be really powerful for folks. And, and I've employed this for my health and fitness stuff. It's having a reset week. And it can look like whatever frequency or whatever length of time you need it to be. Maybe it's a reset day. Um, maybe it's a reset month, depending on the scale of it. But for me, between now and October, at the beginning of every month, I have a reset week. And... During that reset week, I'm just a little bit more vigilant 
about saying no to the things that I've decided I'm going to say no to. Mm -hmm. I'm a little bit more vigilant about doing all of the things that are on my list of things that I'd like to be doing toward my health. And it's kind of my way of reestablishing those goals for myself. And that it's not a mechanism for being lazy the other three weeks, but it's, but it's really like, I, this is, this is the funny example that I came up with. I don't know how many of our listeners played video games growing up, but in Mario Kart, you're, you know, you're going along the track and stuff like that. And then there are these little, uh, I I guess the shape is a Chevron Hmm. shaped thing. It's, it's kind of an arrow pointing forward. And if you drive over it, it gives you a boost. All right. Yeah. So that's the, are you familiar with this? Um, yeah, I guess so. You could be, it's, it's the last lap. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. It's the last lap and you're coming around the corner and like Koopa's up there and you're like, man, I hate that guy because he always plays dirty and you're coming around and it it looks like he's going to win. Like he's so far ahead. There's no way you could catch up. But then off to the left, there's a little, uh, a power up boost. And so you, you inch over and you barely get it and you kind of have to skid into it. Right. And it, and it pushes you and you come out and you come out just ahead of Koopa over the finish line and you get first place. All right. So that's the, that's, that's, kind of what this is for me it's it's a boost it's it's just a reminder it's a re uh establishing of my goals mm-hmm. to tell to me treat it almost like that first week that i started out you know to have that same kind of enthusiasm and vigor yeah so the last thing i wanted to talk about on this topic was um something that can be really difficult and it's it's similar to some of what we've talked about especially in the the things that are not so obvious, but, but sometimes we have conflicting goals. Now, when you, when you have a family, this can, this can often be true. You know, Mm -hmm. you, you have goals that you've set for your family that seem to come into conflict with goals that you've set for your business. So I want to start out first by saying that we hold to the belief that when we pursue our dreams as, as parents, when we pursue our dreams and and we're able to get the fulfillment from that, that actually makes us a more whole version of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's good for our family. As as long as that's not coming at the expense of our relationships um, or as long as we're not doing it to the detriment of our financial situation, you know, but but pursuing our dreams makes the the whole family healthier. Mm-hmm. So I'm not... I'm not talking about goals that come into conflict being, you know, you you have to choose your family or you have to choose your dream. What I'm talking about is where when you follow the goal to its finish to its finishing point, you do get to a place where really one can't be reached when the other one is being pursued or vice versa. Hmm. And, and I've got a a pretty recent example of that. And I'll go ahead and share it on, on the Sean West podcast. I shared about a financial goal that I have. And that financial goal was to reach $500,000 in income by the end of this year. And I'm still wrestling with this, but what was also on my list of goals 
you know, there, we, we went through a lot of different things. What was also on my list of goals was to build the in the boat with Ben brand mm-hmm. to, uh, finish our, our email newsletter offering and make that available for folks to write some books and to come out with some courses to be more involved in the conversations that are going on around family life and work-life balance, um, to do more on social media. Those were, those were some of the goals that I set as well. And, and I realized that my financial goal and my goal to see the In the Boat with Ben brand grow were potentially coming into conflict with each other because I started to think about, okay, what is it really going to take for me to reach both of those goals? Mm-hmm. And so it's worth, it's worth sitting down and examining your goals and trying to hold them against one another and seeing the places where one goal might be actually working against another. And in that moment, you've got to decide, okay, and obviously, as much as I would love for this to be the case, I can't accomplish both of these goals at the same time. Do I need to defer one? Do I need to, to let it be a goal for another season? Do I need to come up with a different version of this goal that does fit with the thing that I really want to do? Um, because if you're trying to accomplish both and it's impossible to accomplish both, you're just going to frustrate yourself and you're likely not going to reach either of them. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a really difficult conversation, both, both to have with yourself uh, and with other people. But I, I definitely encourage bringing somebody again into that conversation who can look at it objectively. Um, and and I, I know I've said his name a bunch in this podcast, but Aaron Dowd was one of those people for me. I had a conversation with him about this goal and he just asked me some questions that really helped clarify the issue for me. We should rename the topic to be how to find an Aaron Dowd that will help you reach your goals. How to find an Aaron Dowd. (laughs) That's going to be the next episode. Thank you, Aaron Dowd. All right. I wanted to get into some questions. We're running a little bit long, mm-hmm. but it's because you're talking most of the time. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> we, we do have some great questions though. So one of the questions was from Corey Miller. He asks, is it more important to see things through to completion or to immediately stop things that aren't helping you meet your goals? And I asked him to give me an example. And, and I think a lot of people are experiencing something like this. He says, for instance, I have a music album I'm close to finishing. I've been working on it for six years. It's not going to serve the purpose that I set out for it to serve, but I also know I'm going to regret it for the rest of my life if I don't finish it. It's not helping me accomplish my current life goals right now, but it's something that I feel I need to complete because of the person it will help me become. So maybe it is helping me achieve my goals, just just lesser ones. So th- this is, and um, I've heard some of the stuff that he's working on. 
I've heard the story behind it. I know how passionate he is about this project. And I also know all of the other things that he has going on right now. I also know that he has sabbaticals. And so I would, I would encourage Corey to set aside sabbatical time as much as he can to, uh, to put toward that and not, not necessarily try to bring that goal into his regular workflow. Even then, I'm not familiar with all of the other goals that he set for himself. And so, I don't know, it's kind of a hard question to answer because on the one hand, it's like, well, why don't you just wait five years? You'll be rich and you'll have all the time that you need. <laughs> uh, who's la- Why are you laughing? Um, you'll have all the time that you need. You could do it then. But, but in five years, a lot changes musically. Well, does that matter? Well, I don't know. I mean, it depends on what you want to do with that project. So I guess, I guess you could, we could get a little bit deeper into that conversation. Yeah. I don't feel like I've answered that question for our listeners at all. Yeah. Do you have an answer for that? Uh, I mean, not really. It's because like when you do have sabbatical weeks, there are other things that you can do. Um, like when you, when you schedule those into your life. And I'm not the greatest person to ask anyway, because I have a hard time like having a great idea and not following through with it. So, um, yeah. Mm. Next question. <laughs> I think, I think it's definitely one of those things where you need to have. So, so I feel really compelled to sit down with Corey and have a good conversation with him. And I think that, he would get a lot out of that. Mm-hmm. He maybe could even find something, uh, someone more objective than me mm-hmm. because I love music. Yeah. So yeah, it'd probably, it'd probably be good to find somebody Although else. Although it's but, good to have somebody who knows how long it would take to do something like that. Right. I yeah. mean, you, you kind of know the hours that it would take to produce something like that. Yeah. So here is, here was the question that I mentioned earlier when you had the question about doing things that help other people. So Corey asked, what if the things I'm doing are helping other people achieve their goals? Should I still say no to that? Or is there margin to allow for helping others accomplish what they want? And again, I asked him to give me an example of that. And he went on to explain that he does some graphic design work for his church Mm -hmm. uh, because they don't have somebody who can do that right now. And I, I, I know how badly most churches yeah. need good graphic design and Corey's definitely a very talented person. So the, the question really is, you know, should we leave margin to do things that they, they don't really serve our goals, but they help other people. And I, I'm going to, I think that I know how to answer this, one of your goals, though though it isn't your primary goal necessarily, one of your goals may be to help other people. Or just in general, one of your values might be generosity. And your, and your values often define your goals even when you don't define those explicitly. So, so when your value is generosity, you don't have to say, well, one of my goals is to try to be generous this year. You know, because it's one of your values, it's something that you do. And it defines 
a, a goal for you. It, it establishes that for you. So in that case, I think the better question to ask is, okay, well, how, how am I fulfilling the goal of being generous? You know, that's one of my values. What are the ways that I'm doing that? Well, I know that Corey is also doing his behind the brand podcast. Mm-hmm. He's helping a lot of people out with that. Um, even even the work that he's doing with Sean West, the Sean West network is all about helping people. He's constantly in the Sean West chat, helping people, helping people work through their problems. And, and though there are other goals attached to that, I think that also fulfills the value of being generous mm-hmm. for him. And so then the, the question has to be, if that's, if that's the case, have I satisfied that value? You know, do I, do I feel satisfied with what I'm giving? And this was a, I, I feel like I could go on this for a long time, but there, there are a lot of ways that Rachel, you and I were being generous with our time. And I wasn't actually thinking about that. Right. I wasn't considering that as, oh, that's us being generous. Mm-hmm. And because I wasn't admitting that to myself, I, I kept feeling like there was this nagging pull to, to find a way to be, be generous in other areas. We couldn't, we couldn't be as generous as we wanted to financially. And so I would feel frustrated about that and guilty. And what I was, what I was completely missing was all of the things that we were already doing to be generous. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes you, sometimes you need to either yourself try to step out and take an objective look at all of the things that you're doing. Um, or allow somebody else to look in and say, you know what, actually you do a lot of stuff for people and really you should stop. Sean needed to hear that recently. And Sean, Sean is giving away tons of value. And, um, and some of the people closest to him said, Sean, you're doing too much. You need to actually start selling some stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think it was really good for him to hear that. So I hope, I hope that answers that question. I'm going to bring in one more question. Hmm. I, th- I like this one. This is from Damien. He asks, in a family setting, how can we make sure that all our no's are aligned and well understood by everyone? So this, this kind of comes back to the topic that we covered last week in, uh, at intheboatwithben.com slash 32. Talked about getting your family on board with your dreams and part of that is sharing the plan that you have for accomplishing your dreams, for reaching your goals, you know, what the steps are going to be on the, along the way, what the checkpoints are. And some of, some of that also, some of what you build into that presentation, we talked about kind of putting together a business presentation and sitting down with your family and, and allowing them to be a part of that with you. So part of that is, also defining the things that you're going to say no to. For you, uh, one of the ways that's really practical is um, it's not just a health goal, but it's really kind of a mandate. The doctor said you're not supposed to have wheat products because of um, one of your genotypes and the way that your body processes. I mean, it's all carbs. I'm not oh, supposed all, to have yeah. carbs at all. Yeah, which is a huge bummer. Yeah. But because 
you and I had a good conversation about that. Now I'm really conscious of that when I go to the store and I mm-hmm. buy groceries. Mm-hmm. You know, I, and every once in a while I still slip up. And so, so I brought you up some, they were de- these delicious avocado chicken wraps. Mm-hmm. I mean, I made homemade tortillas. Yeah. <laughs> I wrapped everything up and like folded it. And then I fried the tortilla in it was olive oil. But I, and I brought it up and you said, that looks delicious, but I'm really not supposed to have that stuff. And so it was. Well, it was just, it was just the tortilla. Yeah. I can yeah. have all, I can have all the like bacon and bacon grease and protein I want in the world and I'll never have a heart attack, but <laughs> carbs can clog my arteries apparently. Yeah. But it was helpful for you to remind me of that. And, and so it goes back to one, just establishing all of that stuff and, and communicating it. And then two, having those regular checkpoints where you're just reaffirming mm-hmm. or reestablishing those things. I was just thinking the other day that it would help to, um, we have like a family meeting every Sunday to kind of go over what the week looks like. And uh, just, you know, we have a couple of kids who don't do well with surprises, I guess. And so mm-hmm. it just, it helps us be able to plan our week and let them know, Hey, this is coming up and those kinds of things. But I think it would be good to have a conversation in those meetings about, you know, some of the things that maybe were on the horizon, but we said no to and the reasons why we did that. Because if we can show our kids the value of saying no to some of those things. And uh, for example, this last year I volunteered at all of the kids Christmas parties at school Mm -hmm. because the previous year I had said no because I had other, you know, I had other things that I needed to finish up and those kinds of things. But the boys were super excited. Um, But we had a conversation about it um, because the first grader was asking, well, why didn't you volunteer in my kindergarten class? And, uh, and I had to explain, you know, it didn't fit in with the things that I was doing that year, but this year I actually have a couple of weeks of sabbatical and I get to do it. And so uh, raising those conversations with your kids, I feel like is a really valuable thing. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And stay tuned because in the after show, we're going to answer another question from Damien. He asks, at what age can we start encouraging our children to set yearly goals? All right. Yeah, I, I definitely want to talk about children and goals. Mm-hmm. Rachel, where can people go to find us online? In the boat with ben.com. That is correct. You, you answer that question correctly every single time. I know, it's crazy. Go to in the boat with ben.com. While you're there, sign up for our newsletter. We are finishing up the five-step checklist to add a weekly guilt-free work block. If you're a person who is pursuing a goal, you have a family, maybe you also have a full-time job and you're trying to do this on the time, but you're uh, on, on the side, but you're dealing with feelings of guilt um, and frustration because you f- you feel like you're not making enough progress toward your goal, but you also feel like your family your, your family is suffering because you're spending time on that. If that's if that's you, this guide is is for you. We're writing it for you so that you can get out of feeling guilty, so that you can stop feeling frustrated, so that you can actually make progress toward your goal and feel like your family is supportive and on board with you with you. 
Mm-hmm. So sign up for our newsletter. As soon as that's available, we're going to send it out to everybody on the newsletter. You can also, I, I keep forgetting to mention this, but you can also go to intheboatwithben.com slash TV. We started doing weekly video uh, for In the Boat with Ben where we talk about some of these same topics, but we condense it down a little bit. It's a little bit more engaging because you're seeing us on camera. Sometimes we cut up a little bit, but we we stay on topic a little bit more. So it's it's good stuff. You should check that out. If you want to find Rachel, you can go to racheltolson.com. You can follow her at Rachel Tolson, and you can follow uh, on Twitter at Rachel Tolson. You can follow me on Twitter at Ben Tolson. Also, if you want to help out the show, if you really enjoy the topics that we discuss and you'd like to know how you can help us continue to do this, a great way to do that is to join the Sean West community. Go to seanwest.com slash community. The community supports the show. It, it, it makes it happen. Um, and not only that, but the, the people who are a part of the community and the conversations that we have in the chat room, the chat room is going 24-7. There are people from all over the world. It's such a cool place to be. The conversations that we have there enrich the show, the, the questions that come up, the discussions that come out of those questions. So, uh, so it's definitely a great place to be. There's a ton of value there for you, but it also helps make the show possible. So check that out, seanwest.com slash community. Thank you guys for listening today. Thank you uh, folks in the chat for your great questions and for hanging out. And we'll see you next time. See ya. Damien actually had two questions that were related to uh, what we we're going to talk about here in the after show. Oh yeah. So the, the, the first question I mentioned was at what age can we start encouraging our children to set yearly goals? And then uh, his other question was at what age can we start sharing our goals with our children? And uh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, obviously if they can't talk yet and they don't understand yeah, I think it's I think it the earlier that you can start talking about things like goals and using that vocabulary um our, our the kids will be better for that. I think um last year we actually sat down on the first day of the year and we wrote a note to ourselves at the end of the year and like put it away in this little jar and we still haven't done ours for this year but I really want to do it again. And then at the end of the year, we opened it up and it was, you know, it was like a letter from the past us yeah. kind of envisioning what was going on in our future, which I thought was really cool. And the boys, you know, like they're still young. So they were saying things like, you're going to own 50 Beanie Babies or whatever. 
Yeah. But but those are still it's a tangible way to teach them goals. And um, you know, if they really want to do that, then you can break it down to their their separate steps for doing those kinds of things. Yeah, I think it's it's great to find practical ways to allow your children to write down and think about their goals. And what I think about as being really powerful is kind of the the way that we develop language. We listen to the people that we spend the most time with. And mm-hmm. we, we not only pick up the words and, and understand the meanings and how to put together sentences, but we do so in the accent of the people that we spend the most time with. You know, kids have weird accents, though. <laughs> um, that's that's beside the point. But you know, if you if you grow up in a in a home in Australia, and the people around you are constantly speaking an Australian accent, that's how you're going to develop your speech. If you grow up in Central Texas and you're around people who talk like this all the time, mm-hmm. you know, you're gonna you're gonna talk like that. If you grow up in New York and, you know, the, the talk is a lot faster and, you know, so, so I, I think about the words that we use the most often to describe our daily experience and the way that we think about our life and the way that we describe reaching and pursuing our goals. It's not just the accent, but it's also the things that are important to us tend to come out the most in our speech. Mm-hmm. And and I think kids pick up on that, whether you're speaking directly to them or you're having a conversation about it. So I really like how you and I, Rachel, have a lot of conversations about our goals in the van. And what's funny is it, it seems like we're, you know, we're in the front, the kids are in the back. It seems like they're not really paying attention. We've got a, a book on for them or something like that. But every once in a while, you know, like we'll just we'll say some offhand comment about one of the boys and something they did, and uh, especially Jaden does yeah. this. He'll he'll say, "What were you guys? What are you guys or, saying?" Or he'll he'll actually have heard it and have something to say about it, right? <laughs> and it didn't even seem like he was listening. Kids kids notice a lot more than you'd think. Yeah, definitely. Even when it seems like they're not paying attention, they really are. Yeah, Jaden heard me cuss under my breath the other day. <laughs> yes, he did. He called me out on it. He said, what did he say? Did you? Did I just hear you curse? Yeah, he, he sure did. <laughs> and, I, and I had to tell him, yeah, you did. Whoops. <laughs> so kids, kids pick up on a lot. And so I think it's, um, at any age, as young as you want to go, it's really good to start uh, to to have conversations around them mm-hmm. about uh, goals, and then you know let them as silly as it may seem. You know, as as soon as they're able to write, as soon as they're able to describe, or even imagine, you know, the the span of a year, mm-hmm. even before they can imagine the span of a year, um, allow them to take on some of these practices like writing down their goals. Yep. 